Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show, brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and also leave a five-star review. My name is Ramon Chavez, and I'm super happy to be back on the show. I was absent earlier this week, uh, but I'm happy to be back. And alongside me is my partner, Owen Evans. How are you doing, sir? You know, it was a Tuesday where there was someone out ill and lots of stuff going on. It all feels very familiar. Hastily rearranged, replacements coming in. Uh, just don't eat fast food with anything involved with fried chicken. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that because <laughs> it's terrible, man. I'm still going through it. But happy to be here. Happy to talk some rising and uh, some other soccer-related topics. Um, but, yeah, uh, let's go ahead and get into it, Owen. Um, uh, we do have a great show as well. Uh, obviously, some big news coming out of the rising today. Uh, first of all, we got someone leaving the club, unfortunately, and then we got someone entering uh, or coming to the club as a, as a loan. So let's start with uh, Jonathan Levin. Uh, we, you know, kind of heard some rumblings here and there, but he was, uh, you know, re- unfortunately released from the team today. He did put out a great statement on his Twitter. So if you haven't checked that out, please go ahead and check it out on his Twitter account. Um, and what really highlighted who he is as a player and as a person to me was kind of towards the end of his statement was the fact that he highlighted the fans above everything else, that he loved being here, that he, uh, you know, uh, absolutely, uh, you know, loved his time at Phoenix Rising because of the fans and that how supportive they were. And it just spoke volumes of who he, who he is um, and who he will be, you know, for these uh, Rising fans forever. So, uh, Owen, can you walk us through why, you know, the, the release happened and your thoughts, you know, on his stay here at Phoenix Rising? Right. Am I going to I'm going to take a sip of water before we start this one. <laughs> Got the big cup today. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <sighs> right. So. I'm going to be we want some honesty from, from my views here and, and what's, you know, and all of that. I think that to an extent, I'm getting kind of tired of seeing players brought in here to fester mm. and not be given a real chance at all um i think that when you look at what jonah was as a person off the field of course it's obvious that he was going to make a lot of friends among the fan base especially given as michael's pointing out here he bought someone their season tickets uh in the preseason mm-hmm. and someone put out that you know cry for help almost on on helping to afford season tickets and Look, none of us are going to pretend for a minute that Jonathan Levin was the kind of guy who we expected to see starting week in, week out. He was not that guy. He was never going to be that guy because there are different levels of talent and this is one of the best squads in this league. But 
when did we ever really see Jonathan Levin given a chance? And even then, when did we see when there were times where it felt as though the game was calling for someone like him? And we've spoken about that. Mm-hmm. We've spoken about times when it was there was that physicality needed in the midfield, especially when there were a lot of injuries. How do you find that? And he was never called upon. In fact, the best look at him we got was when he was played out of position in a game that was, quite frankly, a farce because half the team was out with COVID. Now, of course, this isn't the first time that we've seen a player kind of treated in this way. We saw Ivan Gutierrez leave earlier this season mm-hmm. after he'd had a similar kind of spell. If you go back a few years, you find Jack Barmby effectively found himself in the same fate. That's despite the fact that Jack Barmby came into some real plaudits and was widely considered a, one of the better players, you know, in in the league, He's a decent player at least. But, you know, these players come here and just don't, necessarily get the game time and and then leave in these kind of circumstances and i'm it's tiring sometimes to watch guys like that and just ask what do they have to do to get a game because Mm -hmm. there's rotation there's being a backup and then there's being that which is just someone who's here to to just make up numbers and what what are you here for why are you even in this squad to in the first place and and then it gets to the question of why did you bring them in so where's the problem? Is it the recruitment beforehand? Is it the attitude when they get here, which we don't think it is with with Levin? Everything that we've seen is the opposite of that. Uh, but I mean, even specifically to Levin now, you know, if you bring him in initially last season. Why do you keep him here? Why mm-hmm. do you bring him back this year? Mm-hmm. Why do you bring him back this year if you're going to treat him like this? I, I just don't understand it. I know there's a few comments going through in the chat now, and I'm sure we'll take a peek at them in a sec, but yeah, that, that, that's my point, which is I overall, I understand why he's been released now because he was getting no game time pretty much at all. But I don't really understand why he was here in the first place if there was never any real intent to give him game time. Yeah, and I think, you know, and, and you've covered him a lot longer in the team as well. But from my understanding and from what I saw from him in the preseason, they were looking to give him playing time in other positions because they knew maybe in his position, his natural one, he wasn't going to get that playing time. And that's probably why maybe they were hesitant to use him, in, especially in those cases where there were injuries or they needed to rotate. And that begs the question exactly, why was he continuing to be in the team? Why was he brought back if he wasn't going to be going to be giving that opportunity? Now, giving his character and what I've heard and what I've seen from him, when you talk to an athlete like that, I'm sure their response is put me anywhere. I'm going to play and I'm going to do my best. And that's probably what his mentality was. But like you're saying, the only true game we really saw him get an opportunity was that New Mexico game playing out of position. I believe he, you know, he was responsible in, in the first uh, for the penalty. And you maybe think that was the last straw where they threw him at the wolves and said, you know what, you know, go ahead and swim, see what happens. See what, you know, and, after that game, there was maybe some issues. Like, I just want to, like, I wish I was behind the scenes to understand what happened here because it, it's sad to see. And you can see it on the chat. You know, everybody is, you know, a little bit upset. And it's it's tough to see someone like that. And like you're saying, not get a fair chance at, at being part of the team and and showing what he's got. He's, he's obviously a talented player. He Well, he's obviously got something about him. Otherwise, you wouldn't have brought him in in the first place, surely. Surely. Unless, as, as I said, you know, there's something deeply flawed with the recruitment system um 
it, it's just, I don't know, it just confuses me to a degree, which is why why he was ever here in the first place, to be honest, because, again, there was just no real intent to give him any kind of a real opportunity. And, look, I understand I understand the usual talk that will come out about how, well, we've got to give, got to base it off of training and all of that. But, come on, these are two different things, training. And it's not as though he didn't try in training. Yeah from everything that I gather on this. So I, I just... And he didn't play I, enough either in games to say, well, he was part of the issues of why they were losing or why they weren't playing well. So it's like, so what does it come down to? It's, it, I don't know. That's, I mean, that's, he, pl- he played, what, his first appearance this season was for a minute off the bench. Yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can tell a lot about a guy in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, definitely going to be missed. Um, what's it called? Uh, you know, one memory that I have of him was in that preseason uh, Jersey reveal event where he, he was taking the time to talk to everybody. And I wasn't aware that he bought someone their season tickets that, that just speaks to his character and the type of person he is. And so, uh, you know, as a fan, I, you know, I appreciate his time here and in his commitment to the team and the fans. And, and yeah, if you haven't gotten a chance to go check his Twitter to read a statement, go ahead and do so. It, it's uh, it was very heartwarming to read, honestly. So, uh, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully he bounces back. He can get on, on a team and, uh Ivan Gutierrez, I believe he signed uh, to Orange County recently. Yeah. What about that? Yeah. Yeah, he signed a 25-day contract there. Um it, it's so Pat now let, let's react to Pat's comment here. He believes there are issues in scouting. Look at the last two years. Sure, there have been some hits, but then quite a few that even never never got a chance or never performed. Yeah. But see, here's the thing: if we want to talk about scouting, I'd understand that for some guys. Not guys in your own league. Like I don't want to hear about scouting when you talk about. I mean, Aaron Gutierrez. How many times did Rising have to play against him in 2020? You know, mm-hmm. like and you know, Jonathan Levin played for Vegas, didn't he? Prior to Rising, I know we had a little bit of a spell out of the game as well in there. But these are guys who are playing against rival teams of yours. If you're bringing a guy up from a a different level, I'd understand that more. But to me, if it's if it's scouting, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's it's bizarre. Um, uh, yeah, there, there's another signing though, isn't there? So I feel yeah. like maybe we should maybe <laughs> we should get off the negative train slightly and and talk a little bit about about that and what we know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there was a loan signing that was announced today, kind of like a Friday Friday uh, night news dump from Rising today. Um, Iracose Donaciano. Hopefully I got that right. Just a little heads up. I'm still working on it. But he's a forward out of Virginia. He was chosen in the MLS Super Draft in 2020, the 20th pick by Nashville SC. Uh, he is bringing, uh, being brought by Rising on loan. So he's a uh, Nashville is basically able to recall him at any point. Um, Owen, uh, can you tell us a little bit about him? I did a little bit of research. I saw some film on him, but what do you know about him? Uh, honestly, not too much. And the reason that I'll say that is because unlike some people who may have said on Twitter or maybe commenting even in our chat down here about uh, <laughs> that player in particular, I choose, I'm choose i choosing not to read too much into college days mm-hmm. for the very simple reason that I don't think it's as good an indicator always of, of success as yeah. What what we should be looking at now, especially a couple of years removed, is professional appearances, of which he has very few. Yeah. Um. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, he's got about 41 minutes of professional football under his belt. Yeah. Which isn't the most convincing. Look, he could be very good. 
we, we, I really don't know at this point, but you've got to actually test him out there at a USL level and, and mm-hmm. see, because some guys do make the step up well and some don't. And, you know, last year he could have had a chance with OKC. He got injured very quickly while he was on loan there. Mm-hmm. So he only played about 14 minutes for OKC last season while yep. he was on loan. I I just, and I mean, Pat, Pat here in the comments is talking about, you know, the statement mentioned bringing him in for injuries. Do they see him as a, a central midfielder where we have injuries or as a winger? These are great questions, unfortunately, because the news came in quite so, yeah, pretty much today. Uh, I haven't got any insight for you on that. But he is, uh, he is I, listed as a winger on the press statement, so on the press release. So, just, you know, Pat, just a little, little tad of information there. So, but like you were saying, as far as college and as far he's listed as a forward when you go on the on the MLS website, but he's played as a, in the midfield. He's played as a wingback uh, in college. So he's, he's all over the place uh, um, as far as uh, where he's playing. So uh, what I got to read about him, Owen, was that, you know, and this is co- coming from a website called clubcountryusa.com. So <laughs> just a little heads up there. Uh, but that a compilation of his college uh, play uh, plays there. And just from seeing that he's, he has a great balance on the ball. Uh, he's able, uh, he's able to get by guys on one-on-one, not exactly like a dribbler, uh, not ex- exactly the fastest guy. I did. Uh, I don't know if you remember a few weeks ago, I was asking if rising were contemplating bringing someone to kind of put behind Epps as far as on the wings, because I felt like there was no other option if Santi or Hearst um, were, were not available. So at, at that point, that's what I'm thinking maybe he's brought in for. But since all the injuries in the midfield as well, he could play there as well. So I'm not sure what Rick and the coaching staff is thinking, but I wouldn't really put him as a out-and-out winger. He's able to just speed by guys. He He's not super great on the ball, but he's able to put uh, great passes in. So it's a little bit of everything, but not specifically great uh, or particularly great at one thing, if that makes sense from what I've seen. But see, there's perhaps the, the thing that, that intrigues me most about this one actually is that having a winger to kind of back up mm-hmm. um uh, Marcus Epps there is is a good thing that mm-hmm. that's that's a good thing we've been having that discussion a while about you know what what do we do about Epps what happens is it quite clicking we we don't know having someone that you can at least it goes two ways you can even having there is just the pressure to okay you've got to step up there's a guy right behind you now and just yeah. that adding that sense of urgency to things. Mm-hmm. And the other side of things is that sometimes maybe he does need a break. Maybe, or, you know, maybe, maybe you do need that other option there just to be able to use it from time to time to make sure that you can to use it as a tool. Yeah. And it, yeah. it it's, I, I think that can be the positive. The only bit that I find perhaps this is the way that the disappointing bit comes in is that, of course, there is negativity a bit around today because of the other move that we talked about earlier with the mm-hmm. departure of Jonathan Levin. You're now bringing in someone who is ultimately at the professional level very much unproven. Mm-hmm. Does that add pressure coming in? And, the you know, because at, at the end of the day, this season has been a weird mixed bag for Phoenix Rising so far. A weird mixed bag to the point whereby the benefit of the doubt that may normally have been there isn't there to the same extent. Mm-hmm. Because we're talking about a team that got, you know, or ultimately handed their asses handed to them by Tampa <laughs> Bay and by LA Galaxy 2. Yep. So it's, it just feels like, I, I don't know, there's a lot, 
I'm, int- I, I'm intrigued how pivotal a role Rick expects him to play. Mm-hmm. But in the way the team is currently looking as a whole, if he comes in and he doesn't look like he is either a very good player or at the very least forms a close connection with the fans pretty early, yeah. my worry is that we are looking at a guy who runs the risk of having a David Egbo type situation whereby he comes in having done very well in college to big plaudits and for whatever reason has that bad run of form and while it happens in the context of the team as a whole struggling a little bit more people turn mm-hmm. and that that's a problem early career that is a big problem because you are really setting a guy up to fail then by just destroying his confidence. And again, we I feel mm-hmm. like we saw that with David Egbo for large spells last season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ideally would not like to see that happen to another young player. Yeah, no. Uh, what I'm thinking, he, he's what, 23, 24. Again, there's not a lot of film on him besides his college career. So it's hard to really break down this guy, how he performs against, against better competition. Um, you know, hopefully he's able to perform here. He's able to get, you know, running, but it's going to be a challenge. I, I wouldn't call this loan signing as a savior of the season at all. It's just going to be something that we kind of have to hope that he performs well. He's able to acclimate to the speed of the game at this higher level. And uh, he's able to gel with his teammates and the fans. So we'll see. And, and, and the fact that it was announced the same day as the, the Jonah news will, you know, kind of irk some people. And it's going to put a little bit more pressure on him to perform if he's able to take the field. That's that's something that I'm feeling just as a fan's perspective and and something that I that kind of took me a little bit, a little bit off guard. The, the fact that it was announced the same day. I mean, it, it, the thing about this signing is that it's one as well that could if he does turn out to be very good. And there is clearly potential there based on how well he's performed in college. Um, mm. It. You know, it has the opportunity to turn out as the master stroke that ultimately yeah. helps turn things around. But I'm not sure that we can expect that. So would you Just call it like a high be. risk, high reward kind of thing? I'm not sure I call it risk because I, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it's. You know, even if he's just average, he's mm-hmm. fine. It serves a purpose in this team. Yeah. You don't have to be a superstar to to have a role to play here. Mm-hmm. But I, I do wonder if it's, I don't know, I'm not too keen on overhyping too quickly. I feel yeah. like you've got to wait, get a few professional games under the belt mm-hmm. here and then see where things are from there. Because again, as I said earlier, when I was talking about was Jonah given a chance? You've always got to remember that things that happen on the training ground in a professional atmosphere, mm-hmm. very different to what's going to be happening out there on a pitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For sure. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully he's able to get some playing time right away and help rising uh, on the pitch. Uh, Owen, let's take a quick break uh, before we keep talking about what's going to happen this weekend. I do want to talk to you guys about OG's Brands. If you guys haven't yet, make sure to stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch-made THC gummies from our friends at OG's. They got great flavors like blackberries and cream and also watermelon. And I'm a big fan of the pineapple. I will say that on the show. So if if you're in the mood, they're perfect. Uh, if you're looking for an uplifting sativa or a chill indica. So whatever you're, you're in the mood for, make sure you have both options there. 
And if you're interested in trying the amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find an OG's near you. 12 points or OG's. We haven't forgotten. Come on, Pat. Let it go, man. That was in the past. That was before I got sick. That, that's a long time ago. I don't even remember that. So I'm just playing. I'm still sticking to that. Uh, <laughs> Owen. We do have a, a game this weekend on Saturday night. I feel like Rising haven't played at home in forever. So it's good to be able to get back out there at Wild Horse Pass. They're going to be playing Birmingham Legion. Uh, they're 4-4-4. Four, four, and four. They got 16 points currently. Good enough for eighth place in the Eastern Conference. Uh, if we take a look at their last five games, uh, they got a victory last week against uh, New York Red Bulls. Uh, the Baby Bulls, Red Bulls 2 by 2-1. Two to one. I believe they came back from that one. They, they were down 1-0 early. Yeah. Um, a tie against Las Vegas the week before, loss at Pittsburgh, a tie against Miami FC, and then a 2-1 victory against Charleston. So what can you tell us? Oh, actually, we have a clip of uh, Rick talking about Birmingham Legion before we start to break down Birmingham Legion on our end. Yeah, we do. So this is what Rick had to say about the uh, game they played last weekend up against the Baby Bulls. You know, Red Bulls are a high-pressing team, very organized in the way that they're aggressive, and they really get after it, and Birmingham has smart players, and, um, uh, you know, I thought that they were able to kind of break the press a few times and to create opportunities with their fullbacks getting very high. Um, I like the way that Birmingham plays. They're, they're aggressive and a bit risky, so uh, it should be an entertaining match. Yeah, so it... That that's kind of what they do, and it, it was it was telling watching that game. Of course, I was there in the rain uh, ahead of the Hartford game. I went to see the uh, Baby Bulls and their lovely little uh, small little college stadium they play in. They don't play in New York. It's they don't play in New York. No, they play about a fifty-minute train journey away from New York. So uh, it's. It was interesting because coming back, you could tell the train was just filling up with more and more people from New Jersey going on a night out that night because it was a Friday night. The train was getting in late. So <laughs> it. <laughs> so I think that, um, look, they, they weren't at their best in that first half. But what we did see in that game is they adjusted quite well. And in the second half, they really came out and were the team on top in that second half, I feel, against Red Bulls too. So Birmingham are a team that I wouldn't count out at all. They're a team that, again, will make those adjustments. Kind of like, I mean, another team we have seen make a lot of good halftime adjustments is is uh, Detroit City with Trevor James up there. Of course, I think the Birmingham Legion made some good halftime adjustments in that game against Red Bulls too. Uh, if we move on then to just some players to watch, I feel like there are two, at least from an t- attacking perspective, that really, really stand out, don't they? And it's it's Prosper Kasim and Enzo Martinez. They 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 lead in what in goals, in assists, in chances created. To me, those two guys are going to be a real problem for Rising to deal with, yeah. especially the way that Rising's defense has not been at its best at all in recent weeks so i don't know it's yeah no we'll have to see because they they have been quite a few goals conceded yeah no definitely for sure uh yeah and i had the same player as uh enzo martinez prosper kasim uh last week uh i believe merlin uh marlin there you go came in as a uh, substitute and then scored the game winning goal so uh another big name they have on their squad is juan agudelo obviously played in the, M- in the mls for a very long time hasn't really had the best start 
uh, in the USL championship. But he's a guy that obviously played, played in the MLS for a long time for a reason. Uh, and, you know, he can be a handful, especially up top. So that's someone definitely to watch as well. But just haven't hasn't like clicked really well so far this season. But, you know, always got to keep an eye on him. Well, I do think that in general, you could say that Birmingham Legion haven't quite clicked as as much as maybe yeah. we'd expected. Uh, they, they're a very average looking team at the minute overall. If you look at their record as a whole. Yeah, four, um, they four, dropped four. a lot. They, they <laughs> dropped a lot of points. They dropped a lot of points early. They did drop a lot of points yeah. early, and you know this is a team that we were expecting to be a potential contender in the mm. East. Uh, they, I'm sure, they've got more than enough time. They've got more than enough time to pick it back up and get up there. But yeah. they haven't quite been running at full speed. So I'm intrigued to see how it goes because this weekend now are they going to be able to try and keep their momentum going forward to try and pick themselves back at the table i know they'll be feeling a sense of urgency much like rising feels a sense of urgency generally um especially with results in recent weeks i'm sure that rising are feeling that urgency but yeah yeah it's like a team that you know based on what i've seen so far on their schedule they uh they got a uh, a tie against the rowdies and i think it was their first game of the season another tie against louisville they haven't exactly had a big victory and what i mean by that is that they haven't really beat a team that's on the top of either of uh, the both uh conferences so they've gotten you know victories against hartford charleston the baby bulls so it's teams that maybe they should be beating but not exactly like a huge win in the record so far but it speaks to how maybe they're still trying to figure things out and they could be due for you know the teams just clicking at one point and going on a run so it's it's a very dangerous team that rising are going to be dealing with this uh this weekend yeah but at the same time you have to imagine that rising coming into this game are really going to be feeling a need to turn things around after the most recent home game Mm -hmm. because that last home game was such an embarrassment the way that they lost by the margin that they lost by Mm -hmm. that the fans frankly deserve a better performance than that by a long way and I'm sure that that's been repeated I know that Rick has spoken this week about things such as you know we've got to remind the boys about the you know, the, just the values of this club and what that means. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that drilling that in, you would hope, is going to have the intended impact. And you'd hope that they come out really, really raring to go. Because if we look at the last few games, ignore New Mexico, because again, we we always have to ignore that New Mexico game. It's, <laughs> it's, I knew one to pay, it's a pointless <laughs> one to pay any attention to. But you look at Hartford not great yeah. you look even though they won it wasn't great then you look at tampa mm, mm-hmm. it, it, they've really got to put out a performance i think that is convincing and to a degree we're almost waiting for that still we haven't had many convincing convincing wins honestly it's sense. like from what i what i can recall right now it's like the first 45 minutes against monterey and then maybe a little bit against the san antonio games and then the u.s open cup game so uh, against New Mexico, but other than that, it's like, like we know they could do it. You know, they got to turn it on at one point, and if they do, it's it's going to be a a dangerous time to face uh, Phoenix Rising. Uh, Owen, let's move on to the injury and absence uh, update. So uh, Rick did give an update on uh, Kevon Lambert. He's out on international duty, if I'm correct. Yeah. So Rick spoke a little bit about because I asked him about what they were going to do in terms of replacing him and how they're preparing for a couple of weeks without Kev Lambert. And here is what he had to say. 
we're we're fortunate that he wasn't able to play in in the weeks prior. So we're used to it, and we know what what it's going to be like. Uh, we know what's needed. Um, but I don't think anybody in this league could replace Kevin Lambert. So um, we'll we'll be okay. We have some ideas, and and we've got some thoughts about. Um, this, this weekend and, and next and how to be prepared and, and what we're looking at. We're, Birmingham's a very good team. Uh, got some really fantastic players and guys with a lot of experience. So uh, it didn't matter if, who was here. It's going to be a difficult game. So here's what my question is to you now. What do you envisage the midfield as, knowing at the moment that Arturo Rodriguez... He could be here. He could not be. Rick was very coy this week about the injury update, saying that he thought there were still some people who might make it back in time. Mm-hmm. So Arturo, I would describe as questionable, even though he might be available. Aiden, we don't know what you can get out of Aiden. I I just, I, I really, I mean, my, Michael here with a comment here about the, the midfield of, say, has Kalistri and Carlos. I, exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my first it. question to you though so if if we're talking about the midfield how is Quinn doing so far because he's been out for a little bit of time so nothing I have nothing on it I it, it's Not Rick good. is keeping this all very very quiet this week um I think there's a, an element of trying to see if they can catch the opponent out really not knowing what to expect mm-hmm. but I yeah I mean the, <sighs> To Michael's comment there of the midfield of Sejas, Kalistri, and Carlos, please no. <laughs> I and this isn't isn't the criticism on any one individual in there. Okay, we have sung Luis's praises this year. We have said that Joey Kalistri, you know, is a critical part of this squad, and Carlos Anguiano definitely has had some bright spots. There are individual things of his game that you can pick out and really be happy about. But those three do not work together. Yeah. Not least because, look, where's the physicality in there? Again, Michael is saying here, where is the physicality? Because mm-hmm. Carlos is not a physical guy. I mean, you, you just have to look at him. You can tell why. Um, Luis is, you know, you, you're asking him to be almost that really physical enforcer when he's in his 30s. Um and yeah, then you've got Joey Kalistri, who, it, with all due respect, is a better winger, I'd say, than a central yeah. midfielder. So I, I, if that's... And this is the thing now, it's if if that is the central midfield, I would be concerned. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily feel very happy going into that game. But it's plausible that other guys might be able to, to make it. See, now, if, if Quinn's not playing... Arturo can't give you, let's say he can't give you the 90, you know, maybe he can be there for the last 20, 30 minutes. Um, if you were to ask me, this would be the perfect game for Jonah to be in there. Um, but, you know, with with seeing what's on the table, I think you have, uh, depending on the formation, if he's going with his usual 4-3-3, then, you know, Kalistri would say, and I, and I was going to say the same thing, Pat, is this when you push Musa a little bit up, you know, uh, I don't know how far up the field he'll be able to play. Um, you know, we know he can play that position, but uh, do you risk putting him up there and then you risk maybe leading your center back position with that, you know, and and not giving them 
Uh, and by them, I mean Farrell and Musa time to kind of gel in the back. So it's it's tough, man. And I think it's kind of intriguing, the fact that, you know, <laughs> that Rick is not, you know, giving away any answers. Uh, but, yeah, if if we see Seiha's Anguiano Calistri, that's it's tough, man. I don't see that happening at all. So I think I think there has to be a physical presence. And so, you know, Haugli, maybe? You see now, that? That's interesting. I yeah. did say uh I, I did actually ask that where i i said to rick okay siva have you given any thoughts to putting him in the midfield mm-hmm. in the current situation and he just laughed and said yeah. maybe maybe not so there's no actual insight there yeah. but you know it's <laughs> yeah uh oh man michael even even that one i just feel really unsure of like the only one i would feel comfortable with is Saihas, you know uh Anguiano, as much I don't see him playing a whole 90. He's even like you're saying, physically, he's not gonna give you that. Speed wise, he doesn't provide you that as well. Uh great touch on the ball, able to move the ball forward, able to scramble out of positions. But it's as far as the midfield and what how rising play, I don't think he's suited for that. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We will. All right, all right. So um as far as the forwards, um, you know, pretty sure more. Uh, Santi Moore and then uh, Hurston Epps is that what we're feeling this far? I'd have thought so. Um, I I think there are still things that need working on. Uh, I think that there are still elements of... I mean, we've done to death the whole, you know, comment on is Epps playing up to his best? Is Santi playing up to his best? Yeah, We've kind of done that to death. So I... (laughs) <laughs> I don't necessarily see the new guy coming in so quickly. Mm-hmm. So, so they're fine. We'll they're, probably, they're probably starting this game. Yeah, I think I think unless Claudio comes in and we see Hurst maybe moved out wide, but I mm. I don't know if you want to do that again at the moment. It's all confidence, right? And and actually, yeah. that's something that when I spoke with Rick about some of the issues with the the front three, and it was it's confidence. Mm-hmm. It is about confidence. So. I think that to an extent, you've kind of got to leave the one guy who is confident, very much so, yeah, uh, up there in the uh, in the number nine role. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, as far as predictions for this game, um, I'm pretty sure Rising are able, just talent wise, they can get by Birmingham. Uh, is it going to be an easy game? Probably not. But I feel like if they're they're able to score early, get that confidence going, I think it should be. A game they should be able to wrap up pretty soon. Um, they they shouldn't drag out this game though. It's not something you want to go uh, to do, especially with the amount of uh, injuries and absences. Um, and as, as if they can wrap it up early, uh, I think that would work out best for them. I think we should just t- take a quick look before we move on to our predictions to uh, Christian's comment here. With all that's happened so far this season, is there any situation or any time point if things don't turn around that we start to worry? Hmm. I'm intrigued. There's ten games in the season left. Uh, what, what's the what's the cutoff mark for that? I, I mean, it's it's an interesting one because everyone will turn around and say, "Oh well, it's the playoffs, right? The playoffs are how it works." They there's still, I think, an element of you've got to do well in the regular season because, uh, I mean, look, my, my, Michael here with late October, but how many times have we seen Rising crash out early in? 
the playoffs, mm. you know? What what do we judge Phoenix Rising by? Do we judge them by a regular season? Do we judge them by a playoff time? That that's the question. It's all down to your priorities of what you judge them by. But yeah. I mean they're I just, not playing great. No. That's what I'm saying. If they're able, you know, they have uh, these wins so far this season, they're able to get the three points. They're not the prettiest wins. They're able to get results. Isn't that how playoff soccer is? You know, it's it, you're gonna it's one game deciding all. It's 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 tough. It's rugged. It's about getting results. So I would worry personally if they were maybe in the ninth, eight, seven, eight, nine range with maybe five games to go, and they're not playing great. That's when I would be like, you know what, this team it, that that's really worrying. They shouldn't be playing like this. Um, but right now they're fourth in the West. A lot of games left, you know, and and. That we're going to see some losses coming up, but I don't think I would worry unless we're in that situation that late into the season. See, Pat's comment here is good as well. September, that's when form needs to either kick in or not fail. I think that's really, you know, and I mean, I think the other thing to point out is if we're going to talk about playoff form and how you look as a playoff team, you know, then there's something to be said for the fact that those teams that are bad but grind out results it's because they're bad, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. there's no excuse given some of the players that are here for rising to look quite like they've looked. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe the difference. When a bad team goes far in the playoffs, it's because they're getting more out of them than that team is capable of. I'm yeah. not sure that you can say the same about Phoenix Rising's kind of scraped victories this year. Yeah. And that that's maybe where it diverges. I, I don't know. It's... It's a tough one, and I mean, Christian's right here, and it doesn't feel like a Phoenix Rising season so far. This is the bad run of form has got all the shaky kind of. I say bad; it's bad by Rising standards. You know, it's yeah, not the best run of form. It's yeah, and I feels think like it's gone longer than normal. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. when you add some context, like some some teams would die to be in this position for for uh to be in Rising's position because fourth in the West is not bad at all. It's a, it's. It's a, you know, for, for some teams, it's the best they would ever be performing. So, yeah, it's, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We all know the players and the staff can do a lot better and, and hopefully they turn it up and they're able to get some, uh, a string of victories and uh, get back to their usual spots. Let's get uh, some predictions. Can we get some predictions? We haven't done our score predictions. And speaking of score predictions, did you know that our good friends at the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app have got the games already Let's do up? It. Let's do it. The benefit of a Friday podcast. We've got the odds. <laughs> Let's hear them. Let's hear them. So, what are you thinking score wise? Uh, I'm doing a, a, a 2 1 for Rising. You're going with 2 1 to Rising. That's plus mm-hmm. 750. Let's do it. Book it. Oh, I'm trying to work out what I think here. I'll take a one-all draw at plus seven hundred. Oof. Okay. Hey, either way, you know, plus seven hundred is not bad at all. So not bad. So the uh, odds, just by the way, in terms of the just the final result, is rising at minus one forty-five. Legion plus two ninety. Draw plus three hundred. So. So yeah, uh, Michael two two plus three hundred. Uh, Christian as well uh, plus two hundred. Uh, Pat, he's saying, I'm going to be optimistic for one. Santi get off, gets off the zero. He's going to get his first score of the season. I hope so, man. I really, I'm really, i really rooting for Santi to get yeah. on the board. Uh, we don't have goal scorer odds. Otherwise, I'd find that one. But just to the just to the ones that were here, Christian's agreed with my one. Reese has gone with a 2-0. So where are those again? I've got to find those odds again. 
Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, thank you for all the comments today, guys. Appreciate it on mm-hmm. the chat. So the two nil is plus eight hundred. Michael's one with a two all plus fourteen hundred. So uh, speaking of which, speaking of which, I hear there might be some uh, special offers. So you might want to. That's right. That's right. Let's talk. Uh, let's continue to talk about uh, DraftKings. So if you guys haven't uh, checked out the NBA Finals, it, the first game was yesterday. Boston from a uh, come from behind win over the Warriors. Uh, and if you haven't yet, you can join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. Uh, during the NBA season, one customer placed a $5 same-game parlay and won over $5,000. That's five stacks, Owen. We need that money. So if you guys haven't uh, yet, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. You do have to be 21 and over to gamble. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Arizona only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a a crazy game. But I was not able to watch it because I was out there doing something else. But uh, before we transition towards what were you, what were you out doing? Something else? What were you? What I, were you to say. I know we're on a bit of a time crunch here, but I do want to talk a little bit about some games around the USL. And I'll tell you what I was up to yesterday. Um, any games that you're looking forward to? There's a big one this weekend between Tampa Bay and Louisville. But besides that, any other games you're looking forward to seeing? Well, that game's been pushed back to Sunday because of logistical problems with travel. Um, let's see what games have we got here that would be interesting. So Orange County, New Mexico is, I believe, the uh, game of the week. ESPN, mm. or one of the ESPN channels, probably the Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Orange County have struggled this year. They're at home though against a New Mexico team that feel like they're starting to really hit a bit of form. So mm. that could be an interesting one. Sacramento against San Antonio. Now, there's a big one in the West. Mm-hmm. There's a big one in the West because San Antonio, of course, cruising away at the top. But, you know, Sacramento, not an easy place to go and play. Historically, has not been an easy place to go and play mm-hmm. in this league. So we'll have to see. And then, of course, Sunday, the big one, Tampa and Louisville, as you mentioned. Definitely an interesting one. Now, can any of those games live up to the... Uh, Exploits of Wednesday night, of course, with uh, Oakland's come from behind win over Orange County. That was a crazy game. I didn't get to see it, but I, I was paying attention on Twitter. Two goals in stoppage time. They always find a way, man. That's crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. We'll see. In the surprise game that Pat Moses is giving us here, <laughs> the, the Juarez <laughs> against Monterey Bay. That should that one should be interesting. Um, I got to see Monterey Stadium. That someone did a vlog on YouTube. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting to see their stadium and how it's set up there. So it's pretty nice uh, over there. Um, I'm gonna keep an eye on in El Paso. Uh, Diego Luna recently signed for uh, Real Salt Lake of the MLS. So it's gonna be interesting how El Paso kind of shapes their line now that he's not there. Um, and uh, yeah, he's re- very young. So yeah, happy to see that development in US. I think we're seeing that a lot more and more. More teams are looking for young talent in, in USL championships. So happy to see someone else go um, to the to the big leagues, I guess, of MLS. Um, all right, Owen. Uh let's you know let's what? wrap. 
yes, you know sir. what I will say though, just on that one, talking mm-hmm. about uh, DraftKings again quickly, you can get plus one seventy five on Louisville to win down in Tampa. So uh, easy money, man. Come on. No, those- I don't know. That's 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 not bad odds. If you if you want to go with Tampa Bay Rowdies, it's plus one ten as well. So I mean, these are. Yeah, it's easy money if you ask me. If uh, you don't place your bets, you're, you're missing out on DraftKings Sportsbook for sure. Um, Owen, let's wrap up. Uh, yesterday, if you guys weren't aware, there was a game in town. <laughs> uh, Mexico faced off against Uruguay. Mexico didn't show up to that game. Uruguay easily uh, beat Mexico uh, in front of over 50,000 happy Mexican fans. Uh, but yeah, great display by Uruguay over there. Uh, let me know if in, we're in the very chat. happy as they booed him off, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Christian says no <laughs> one cares, and I'm sure a lot of people don't care. But yeah, it was tough to watch, man. I was over there. Um, I did get a little gift from Soccer United Marketing. Appreciate those guys over there, Gabe and everybody else. Give me one over here. Clearly not biased, as you can see. But uh, but yeah, no, great great stuff over there, and uh, always happy to cover a. Uh, an international game and the atmosphere and the fans. And it's always a good time, you know, so it's always happy to be over there. Uh, Owen, you saw the game. What were your thoughts? Uh, I think that Mexico were, quite frankly, complete and utter trash. Um, They were were just bad. It was awful. I mean, (laughs) there was no urgency, was there? No, none at all. And we we're talking a, a, a bit about it before we got rolling here today, Owen. And yeah, I was there at the press conference. Tata Martino was talking about how he felt his team was more cohesive and they were ready and they were, you know, ready to go. And they show they, they didn't show up. So yeah, exactly, Reese. Yeah, I was same reaction I had. So it, it's tough. And he talks about the process and and it's gonna take time. The the World Cup is six months away. When you have a team like this playing. And when you have Mexico playing against a team like Uruguay, which is not exactly the best in South America, um, it's not a good look at all about your philosophy, about what players you bring in, about what you continue to do. And it's tough as, you know, covering the team to see them on this kind of downward spiral because they have not fared well against top tier competition. And I'm and I'm including the USA and Canada in this because they have not been able to get results uh, against the USA. They lost to Argentina a couple of years ago pretty badly as well in San Antonio. Uruguay here, it's not it's not great. And so <laughs> it's he, uh, Tata Martino gets upset, and I'm going to wrap it up here, but he gets upset when they keep asking him, what about this player, and why don't you change the formation, and why do these things continue to happen? And his only response is that it's a process. It's going to change, and by the time we get to the World Cup, it's going to be better. It has to start now. It's not something that you can fix when you're in Qatar. It's It's something that... You know, they need to build it on now. And it's it's something that they, you know, he him and his coaching staff and the rest of the players need to look at themselves and say, we got to turn it up. And so they'll play against Ecuador, I believe, Sunday in Chicago. So uh, hopefully there can be some changes there. So uh, Tata in or out then, in a word? A long time ago, if you ask me. <laughs> long, long time ago. Yeah. You, you mentioned, the, you did mention, of course, the World Cup there. There is another big game coming up on Sunday with a, oh God, I've got the things in the way, but yep. There you go. Uh, <laughs> certain game coming up on Sunday. So I'm intrigued. What do you think is going to happen? Wales against Ukraine. Who have you, who are you I, taking? I saw the Ukraine versus uh, Scotland game. Scotland was completely overmatched. I don't think they really had an answer to Ukraine and, and their pressing and, uh, 
I think maybe Ukraine had a, a few times where they got a little bit lucky with maybe, especially that first goal. I think uh, the, the Ukrainian forward, I forget his name, but he had a great touch on the ball and was able to finish. And I wouldn't cut that all that lucky, but just Scotland not playing well at all defensively on a, on a, a must win game. And so Ukraine looks tough, man. And I'm, I hope Wales is ready for them, but I think Wales still can get the result. Well, at the moment, and they, these odds are on DraftKings. So again, oh, just, just bringing up more odds here. It is, they do not want to call a winner. They <laughs> really, well, at but the it's moment, Cardiff, the right? odds, the, it is in Cardiff. The odds, yeah. that's not going to focus on that. Okay, yeah. but um, the odds are for 90 minutes, Wales plus 180, Ukraine plus 180. I don't know. I don't know who's going Plus two ten. Now <laughs> Wales have the up. edge. Wales have the edge if you just want to bet on who's going to advance because they're presuming that you know it'll uh, the advantage might come later in penalties or whatever if it gets there. But ah, uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to go with that. And it's yeah, it's classic. We get this close, but it. Mm. Yeah, I feel given the circumstances, Ukraine's going to have maybe the world cheering behind them and kind of like that underdog status. But I, like I said, I feel Wales is able to get the job done, but it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be a close game. So we'll see what happens on Sunday. Who do you think then will be the uh, difference maker on the night? I want to say Bale, but I didn't even play in the Champions League final, so I don't even know. So uh, I, I think collectively Ukraine uh, is able to put up a good game, but they're, they're just not going to have enough. You know what? I'm hearing that uh, Ballon d'Or Kiefer Moore is a plus two twenty as an anytime scorer. So Mm -hmm. uh, there you go. You know, yeah, I feel as though there's a uh, (laughs) there's an opportunity there, a big opportunity for sure. So Sunday, what time is the game? uh, Too early. Too early. Is it really early? early? I really wanted to watch. Here it is. It's at like nine, I think. Oh, that's not bad. No, but it's too early because you want you want to go out and enjoy it, don't Great, you? Right? Yeah, okay. like nine in the morning, you get up, you're sitting at home, and you're like, uh. uh, it is on ESPN the... now, not ESPN two. They moved it. That's not. That's they awesome. moved it. Um, is there a, a Wales bar here in Phoenix or the local area? It's mostly bar? just wherever, like me, my family, and friends show up, pretty okay. much. So okay. uh, there is no there is no specific Welsh bar. <laughs> got it, got it, got it. Okay, well, you know, best of luck, man. I'm rooting for Wales. That's that's the team I want to go, and uh, hopefully they're able to go. Now, if they do get past Ukraine, they're against the USA, England, and uh, Iraq? Is that Iran. 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 Yes, but yes, yes. Interesting, interesting. All right, we'll see what happens on Sunday. We'll have to see. All right, y'all. So that wraps it up for today. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, everybody in the chat. Christian, Reese, Pat, thank you so much for taking time out of your Friday evening. I know we kind of have to move things around uh, due to a crazy week. It's always a fun time here at the PHNX Rising Show. And if you guys haven't followed us yet on Twitter, make sure to go to PHNX underscore underscore rising. Double the underscores. Double the odds of Wales qualifying on Sunday, please. There you go. Please. please. Um, uh, Yeah, helps us get to 750 followers. If we get there, I'm going to be giving something out, and that's a guarantee. So make sure to help us out to get to that mark. Uh, We will be back on Saturday with the live postgame show after the Rising versus Birmingham match. So until then, be well, be safe, and we'll see you then. Take care.